Hi, this is Joel and Victoria. Thanks for listening to our podcast and thanks for supporting the ministry. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? We appreciate you and pray for God's very best in your life. Well, God bless you. Always a joy to come into your homes. We love you and we pray for you every single day. And if you're ever in our area, hope you'll stop by and be a part of one of our services. I promise you, we'll make you feel right at home. But thanks so much for tuning in and thank you again for coming out. I like to start with something funny each week. And I heard about this airplane that was about to crash. Had four passengers, but only three parachutes. The first passenger said, I'm a leading heart surgeon. My patients need me. He took the first parachute and jumped. The second passenger said, I'm a rocket scientist, one of the smartest men alive. My country needs me. He took the second parachute and jumped. The third passenger was Pope John Paul. He said to the fourth passenger, a 10-year-old Boy Scout, son, I'm old and frail. I don't have a lot of time left. Go ahead and take this last parachute. The 10-year-old Boy Scout said, sir, don't worry about it. There are still two parachutes left. You see, the smartest man alive just jumped out with my backpack. (laughs) Hold up your Bibles. Say it like you mean it. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, God bless you. I want to talk to you today about seeing people through your eyes of love. Too often, we judge people without knowing their story. We haven't walked in their shoes. We don't know the struggles they've been through. We don't know how they were raised. We don't know the challenges that they're facing right now. All we know is he sure is unfriendly. She shouldn't wear that. and He's got hangups and I don't know why they act that way. Now, the truth is, there's a reason people are the way they are. And if we took time to know their story, we would be much more forgiving. If we understood the battles they fought, the pain they've endured, the people that have done them wrong, we would give them a lot more mercy. We wouldn't be critical because they went through a divorce or they've got an addiction or they were unfriendly and didn't speak to me. No, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know that the stress that they're under. For too long, we've seen people through eyes of judgment. My challenge is let's start seeing people through our eyes of love. Instead of being critical and writing them off, take time to get to know them. Find out what they're all about. God puts people in our lives not to judge, but so that we can help bring healing. Every time you show mercy, every time you overlook a fault, When you give people the benefit of the doubt, you're bringing hope, healing, restoration to that person. I remember in high school, a young man moved to our city and joined the basketball team. He was very good, but he was extremely quiet. He had a different personality. We all thought he was odd. Never laughed with us. He just stayed over in the corner and did his own thing. Never really joined in. One day, it was just he and I in the locker room. and I'd never really spoken to him before. And just to be friendly, I said, hey, where'd you come from? Where'd you grow up? And I'll never forget how sincere he was. 
He began to open up and tell how he came out of a very dysfunctional home. He had been passed from family to family. Six different foster homes in three years. All this hurt, pain, insecurity. Once I understood where he was coming from, I saw him in a whole new light. I got my friends and we made sure to include him. We went the extra mile to make him feel loved, accepted, welcome, and as a part of our team. And over the years, I watched how he came out of his shell, became more confident, more secure. By the time we graduated, he's just like the rest of us, as happy and friendly as can be. When you understand people's story, it's very easy to overlook things. When I found out why he was the way he was, it changed my perspective. And I realized it's easy for me to be secure and happy. I was raised in a good environment. It's easy for me to be confident and expect good things. I've been surrounded by loving people. But if I didn't have this background, I don't know how I would respond. And too often, we judge people based on our own background and on the experiences we've been through. If we're strong in an area where somebody is weak, it's easy to think, I would never do that. I would never be as unfriendly as that young man. I would have never gotten a divorce. I'd have never married that person in the first place, Joel. No, you don't know what you would have done. You haven't walked in their shoes. You weren't raised in their environment. You haven't been through their same experiences. All of us have strengths, and we all have weaknesses. We are strong in certain areas, not because we're great and we just decided to be strong. No, it's because of the grace of God on our lives. I am secure and confident because God blessed me with great parents. I cannot judge that young man that was unfriendly. I haven't walked in his shoes. I don't know if I would handle it as good as he did. Instead of being holier than thou, And judging people, our attitude should be, but for the grace of God, that could be me. If it was not for God's goodness, I could be struggling with an addiction. I could be insecure, angry, dealing with all kinds of issues. I'm not going to judge. I'm going to show mercy. I'm not going to be critical. I'm going to be understanding. After all, we don't know what people are going through. We've got to give people room. My father used to say, Everyone has the right to have a bad day. We can either see them through eyes of judgment and be hard and critical, or we can see them through eyes of love, eyes of mercy, eyes of understanding. Here's the key. The way you see other people is the way they're going to see you. If you're hard and critical, when they do wrong, you make sure they get what they deserve, then those same seeds that you're sowing are going to come back to you. People are going to be hard and critical and not show you any mercy. But when you're kind, forgiving, compassionate, merciful, when you give people room, when you realize they're not a bad person, they're just dealing with some issues, then people are going to be kind, forgiving, merciful back to you. And I think one of the greatest traits that we can all develop is to believe the best in people. We can all criticize. We can all find fault. People are human. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to do things we don't understand. But the scripture says, love overlooks a person's faults. Love makes allowances for people's weaknesses. Love doesn't magnify a mistake. Love covers a mistake. A mature person will not take an offense and run with it. 
They won't magnify it and say, let me call 10 friends and tell you what they did. No, when you're full of mercy, you'll downplay it. You'll be their defender. You'll even be willing to suffer the wrong knowing that they weren't up to par. I had a good friend tell me a while back how his boss jumped down his throat for no reason. He hadn't done anything wrong and his boss just let him have it in front of the whole sales staff, embarrassed him. and He was all upset about it. I told him what I'm telling you. Just give the boss the benefit of the doubt. Something else is going on. He found out two weeks later that his boss was going through a divorce. It gave him a whole new perspective. Now he understands why he was so uptight, why he was on edge. And instead of taking it personally, now he's making allowances. He's showing him mercy. He's doing what he can to help lighten the load. Most of the time, if someone is not up to par, there's a very good reason. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know the heartache, the pain that they've pushed down. Now they're doing the best they can to just keep it together. The last thing they need is for one of us to come dump a whole nother load on them. No, God puts people in our life like that, not to judge, not to condemn, not to be critical. God put them there so you can help love them back into wholeness. Where are the healers? Where are the people that will be sensitive to recognize when somebody's hurting? People that will step up and say, I can tell you're stressed out. I can tell you're not up to par. Is there anything I can do to help? Can I pray for you? Can I buy you dinner? Can I come over and encourage you? Let's stop judging people and let's start healing people. Years ago, I was in a grocery store waiting in line to check out and there were eight or nine people in front of me and the girl at the register was about 20 years old and she was very stressed out and very short with people. You could tell that she didn't want to be there. Several of the customers, when she was rude to them, they were just as rude back to her. It's a very tense situation. There was a problem with the register. She had to call the manager. Then she needed a price check. It was taking forever. People were getting more and more aggravated and she was becoming more and more rude. And yes, she was wrong. She should not act that way. But I knew it was something deeper. And I thought, I'm not going to be a part of the problem. I'm going to be a part of the solution. This girl's got enough trouble and heartache and stress in her life. I'm not going to make it worse. And when I got up there, I just very kindly and quietly began to encourage her. I said, hey, I can tell you're stressed out. and These people are giving you a hard time, but I want you to know that everything is going to be all right. God has you in the palm of his hand. He knows what you're going through and he's already got the solution. It's all going to work out. Big tears started coming down her cheeks. She said, my baby is in the hospital and I'm so worried and my husband got laid off. I don't know how we're going to make it. I said, well, let's pray about it. And right there in front of the grocery store, we prayed. And when I got finished, the lady in line behind me came and give, gave her a big hug. The next man, he said, my good friend is the head nurse at that hospital. I'm going to call her and ask her to go check on your baby. The whole atmosphere changed. When we heard her story, it all made sense. We realized why she was so uptight. Before I left, she said, you'll never know what this has meant to me. The scripture says, Proverbs 15, 4, a gentle tongue brings healing. It's amazing what a few kind words can do. It's amazing what impact it can have when you tell somebody, hey, everything's going to be all right. I'm praying for you. I believe in you. You've got good days up ahead. Those words have healing power. 
But when somebody's rude to us, it's easy to respond back the same way. But instead of judging them, if you will first step into their shoes, it will help you to put on the right set of eyes, eyes of love and not eyes of judgment. And this doesn't mean that we're excusing their behavior. What they're doing may be wrong. It may be their fault. They may have brought the trouble on themselves. But I've learned I'm not the judge. God is the judge. I'm not here to straighten everybody out. I'm here to help bring healing. Our job is to pour the healing oil on the wounds. Our job is to lift the fallen, to be a friend to the lonely, to encourage the discouraged. When you take this merciful approach, and instead of giving them what they deserve, you say, hey, I understand. They're not having a good day. I understand they're under a lot of stress. I understand life's not treating them fair. That's what helps to start the healing process. Heard a story about this farmer. He was an older gentleman and he had some puppies that he wanted to sell. He put a sign on his fence out front. The next day, the little boy from across the street came over. He was about eight years old. He said, mister, I want to buy one of your puppies. The little boy pulled out a pocket full of change. He said, I got 39 cents. Is that enough? Farmer kind of laughed. He said, I don't know. Let me count it. And he counted it coin by coin. He said, that's exactly the right amount. And he called the worker over there in the barn, told him to let the little puppies out of their cage. And four of the cutest little fur balls you could ever imagine came running toward the little boy and he reached down, began to play with him, trying to figure out which one he wanted to buy. About that time, he saw another little puppy sliding down the ramp of the cage where the other puppies had run. There was something wrong with this puppy's back legs. When it ran, all it could do was hobble along. The little boy was immediately drawn to it. Without hesitation, he said to the farmer, that's the puppy that I want. The farmer was puzzled. He said, no, son, you don't want this puppy. It'll never be able to run and play like the rest of the children. There's something wrong with his back legs. The little boy reached down and began to roll up his blue jeans When he did, it revealed steel braces on each side of his legs with two specially made shoes. He said to the farmer, you see, I don't run well either. This puppy is going to need someone that understands. Friends, this world is full of people that need someone that understands. We don't know what people are going through. We don't know the hurt, the pain that they've endured They may be different and have hangups and they're not like us and they shouldn't be doing that. That's okay. Give them a little room. If you took time to know their story, then you wouldn't be critical. If you would first walk in their shoes, you would find out why they are the way they are. I remember when I was growing up, there was a man at our church. He's about 30 years old and he was always dancing during the service. Just like clockwork, as soon as the music started, his hands would go up in the air, his feet would get to dancing. I was about 10 years old. and Some of my friends and I, I'll tell you my sins, we would sit over in the youth section (laughs) and we would make fun of this guy. We just thought he was so odd and we would even watch before service. Where is he, y'all? Where is he? There he is over there. We get a good view. Okay, Okay, here goes the music. There goes his hands. There goes his legs. And we just couldn't understand why he was always so excited, why he was dancing. Well, you got to know my father. One day, my dad called him up on the platform and asked him to tell his story. And all of our young years were listening so intently. We're going to finally find out what made him so strange, why he danced all the time. Well, he began to tell how he never knew his father. 
His mother committed suicide at an early age. And he grew up angry, bitter, no direction, no purpose in life. But he said he came into Lakewood and he got his life turned around and he got a good job and he was about to get married. And he said, when I think about all God's done for me, I just can't be still. My arms go up in the air. He said, when the music starts, my legs just go to dancing. I'm so happy. I just got to give God praise. Well, when we heard that, we felt about that big. <laughs> Do you know, we never made fun of him again. When you walk in somebody's shoes, when you hear their story, it'll give you a new perspective. Could it be the person you're being judgmental toward has a good reason for the way he is? Maybe he's got an addiction. You're tempted to write him off, to be critical, but have you walked in his shoes? Do you know how he was raised? Do you know the battles that he's fought? Maybe that lady is not where she should be, but do you know what's going on behind the scenes? Do you know how she was treated? Do you know the experiences that have made her into who she is today? Most of the time, we don't know all the facts. And here's the key. Even if they are wrong, God did not put us here to condemn them. What's going to help them to turn around and get back on the right track is mercy, forgiveness, being understanding. When we're hard and critical, that doesn't bring healing. That doesn't lift people up. That just pushes them further down. And in dealing with people for several years, thousands of people, one thing I can tell you is 99.9% .9 of people are not bad people. They may make poor choices, but deep down, they've got a good heart. They want to do what's right. And if we could just see them through our eyes of love, we can be the ones to help them come up higher and still fulfill their God-given destiny. The longer I live, the less judgmental I become. I had a man tell me after the service a while back, Joel, that was a hell of a sermon today. <laughs> Do you know that didn't offend me? I thought the sermon was good too. <laughs> that just told me he wasn't raised like I was. The way I grew up, if you said hell, that meant you were going there. <laughs> But I found out that his parents owned bars. So when I grew up as a little boy hanging out in the church, he was hanging out in the bars. I'm not going to be holier than thou. I know if it were not for the grace of God, I wouldn't be where I am today. Well, you say, Joel, that girl that comes to your church, she's got a bad reputation. Do you know what she does? No, but I would rather her be here than out on the street somewhere. I would rather her be here than hanging out in the clubs. Jesus said, it's the sick who need the doctor, not the well. Our churches should not be museums to display perfect people. They should be hospitals to help the hurting and the lonely. Here's the thing. Before you judge that young lady, let me ask you, have you walked in her shoes? Do you know her story? Did she have good parents that gave her wisdom, guidance? that made her feel valuable and loved? Or did she have people that were taken advantage of? Have you tried to see life from her perspective? We've got to give people a little room while they're in the process of changing. Maybe she's here trying to get her life turned around. Maybe God put that person at the office next to you, not so you could judge them, but so you could help love them back into wholeness. And our attitude should be, God, how can I help this person come up higher? What can I do to inspire them to become better? How can I make them feel more loved, more accepted, 
more valuable, more secure. Friends, the closest thing to the heart of God is helping hurting people. The same love, mercy, understanding, compassion you give to others, that's the amount God's going to give back to you. Romans 15, 1 says, you who are strong, you who are mature are to bear with those that are weak. That means you're going to have to put up with some things. You're going to have to overlook some faults. We have to make allowances for people's weaknesses. Bottom line is this, be generous with your mercy. Show acceptance to everyone, not just the people that are like you. Heard a story about a young college student named Bill. He was known on campus for his wild hair and the way he dressed. He wore a t-shirt with holes in it, blue jeans and sandals every day. He was a very sharp young man, a straight A student. He was just a little different. One day he went to a campus ministry event and his heart was touched and he gave his life to Christ and they encouraged him to get into a good church. And it just so happened there was a church right across the street from the university. It was a very formal church, very conservative, very well-dressed people. The next Sunday, Bill walked in the service a few minutes late. The little church was packed, couldn't find a seat. He walked down the center aisle toward the platform Of course, he was in his old T-shirt and blue jeans and his sandals. And he went row by row, couldn't find a seat. Finally got to the front row, still no place to sit. So Bill sat down right on the floor in the center of the altar area. And he wasn't trying to be disrespectful. He just didn't know any better. This is what he would have done in college. About that time, the head deacon got up from the back of the auditorium, started walking down toward Bill. This head deacon was in his 80s, very distinguished gentleman, silver hair, glasses, wearing a very expensive suit. He walked slowly down the aisle with his cane. There was such a commotion that the minister had to stop his sermon and wait for him to get down there. Everyone was thinking, you can't blame this head deacon for wanting to correct the situation. After all, you can't expect a man of his age and that comes from his background to ever understand a young college student sitting on the floor in our very formal church. When he got there, he laid his cane down and very slowly and with great difficulty, this head deacon lowered himself to the floor and sat down next to Bill so he wouldn't have to sit there all alone. The whole church erupted in applause. The minister said, the sermon you hear me speak today You'll remember maybe for a week or two, but the sermon you just saw, you will remember for the rest of your life. When we see people through eyes of love, eyes of compassion, eyes of understanding, we won't be near as critical. Instead of being quick to judge, we'll be quick to give people the benefit of the doubt. That deacon, that older gentleman, he realized that Bill wasn't raised like me. He doesn't come from my same background. He didn't come out of my same value system. Once he stepped into Bill's shoes, he understood where he was coming from. Years ago, there was a young boy named Teddy. He was in the fifth grade and not doing well in school. He wouldn't participate. He was moody and hard to get along with. His teacher, Ms. Thompson, always said that she loved all of her students, but later she would admit she didn't really care for little Teddy. She couldn't understand why he was so unmotivated, why he wasn't willing to learn. At Christmas, the students would all bring Ms. Thompson a present and she would open it in front of the class. Most of those presents were wrapped in fancy holiday paper with sparkling bows. 
But Teddy's present was wrapped in brown paper from a grocery bag. When she opened it out, out fell a very plain-looking bracelet that had half of the rhinestones missing, plus a bottle of perfume halfway filled up, just real cheap perfume. And some of the students begin to giggle. Miss Thompson was smart enough to act like that she liked it and she put some of the perfume on, put the bracelet on her wrist and held it up and said, oh, it's so beautiful. After class, Teddy came up to the teacher and said very quietly, Miss Thompson, that bracelet looks as beautiful on you as it did my mother. And with that perfume, you smell just like she did. After Teddy left, Miss Thompson rushed to the files to find out more about Teddy. She found the paperwork. It said, first grade, Teddy shows promise, but has a very poor home situation. Second grade, Teddy could do better, but mother is seriously ill. Third grade, Teddy is a good boy, but distracted. Mother died this year. Fourth grade, Teddy is a slow learner. Father shows no sign of interest in him. Ms. Thompson wiped away the tears, said, God, please forgive me. The next morning, when the students went to class, they had a new teacher. You see, Ms. Thompson had become a new person. She took off her eyes of judgment and she put on her eyes of love. Now she understood why Teddy was so distracted. And she took him as her personal project, began to love him, tutor him, mentor him, make sure that he felt accepted. Ms. Thompson was the turning point in Teddy's life. Years later, she would get a letter from Teddy saying, Ms. Thompson, thank you. I'm about to graduate from high school, second in my class. Four years later, another letter. Ms. Thompson, thank you. I'm about to graduate from college, first in my class. Years later, one final letter. Ms. Thompson, thank you. I am now Dr. Teddy. I just graduated from medical school. It went on to say, I'm about to get married, and I wanted to see if you would come to the wedding and sit where my mother would have sat if she were still alive. What a difference it makes when we take time to hear people's story. It's easy to be critical. It's easy to write people off. But I'm convinced, like Ms. Thompson, if we'll make an effort to find out what they're all about, it'll be a lot easier to show mercy. As we go out this week, let's make sure we see people through our eyes of love, not our eyes of judgment. That person you're tempted to be critical of, tempted to write off, No, give them the benefit of the doubt. Go the extra mile. Do you know some people, all it takes is one person. You can be the Miss Thompson in their life. You can be the difference maker. Take an interest in that coworker that's so discouraged. Find out what's going on with that relative that's lost his passion. You can be the catalyst for change. Friends, if you and I will see people through our eyes of love and not judgment, then we'll live life as healers lifting the fallen, restoring the broken. And let me assure you, when you help others come up higher, God will make sure that you come up higher. He'll pour out his blessings, his favor, and you'll live the life of victory he has in store. Amen. Do you receive it today? We never like to close our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Wash me clean. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. 
Get in a good Bible-based church. Keep God first place. He's going to take you places that you've never dreamed of. Thank you for listening to the Joel Osteen Podcast. Help us continue to share the message of hope with those all over the world. Visit joelosteen.com slash give hope to give a gift today. Thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope you'll subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to keep you inspired all through the week. We're praying for you. I know God's best is still ahead. We'll see you next time.